0: Alright, we're starting our last unit, which is viruses, bacteria, and biotech. So general characteristics of prokaryotes, just to refresh, is that we have 20,000 to 30,000 genes, but prokaryotes only have around 4,000 genes. They do asexual reproduction, and a protein capsule prevents your body from exocytosing the bacteria, so it makes them more virulent and more dangerous. The bacteria in our gut, which you know can be good and bad, they take over, they take our leftover stuff from the intestine and then they turn it into vitamins and they have a microbiome. The attachment pili are extensions that allow it to stick to other stuff. In terms of classification, both bacteria and archaic bacteria have ribosomes. Archaic bacteria are in a different kingdom though, they have different cell walls. And they're extremophiles, so they can live in super cold. And in Yellowstone, for example, the color rings are bacteria that can, that are, um, can live in super hot environments. So some varieties, they come in three shapes. The cosi are the spherical, the bacilli are the rod-shaped, and then you have a spiral shape. The bacterial adaptation, uh, so what they do is they get new genes since other bacteria can give them plasmites. They mutate and faster reproduction because um, there's an increased chance of error. And bacteria is immortal cells due to the spherical shape. So in harsh conditions, some can also form endospores, which is kind of a seed type coating around it, and water reactivates them. Bacteria are diverse, and they change and evolve very quickly.
1: Genetic recombination and diversity. Transformation is the uptake of DNA from its surroundings and uh, its crossing over. There's usually only one between similar species, and specific surface receptors take up DNA. You can actually force transformation in a lab with calcium and a heat shock. And viruses can also help exchange DNA from one bacteria to another. So a bacteria that would infect a virus is called a phage. And the way it works is a protein from it binds to a receptor on the virus. The virus injects its DNA into the bacteria, and the DNA may get incorporated into the genomes of the next bacteria infected. There's also conjugation, which is quote-unquote bacteria sex, where the male attaches to the female with sex uh, pili and sends DNA through a cytoplasmic bridge. It's important to note that there is actually no difference between the male and female bacteria. It's just a way of uh, understanding conjugation. Some of the DNA can also be transferred into the sex pili and that's how a colony becomes antibiotic resistance because they can give those genes to each other And there are actually 9 million mutations a day in gut bacteria. So lots of variation possible.
0: Moving on to plasmids. Plasmids are tiny circular pieces of DNA, and they can be copied in either direction. They can pop in or out of a chromosome, and so that allows for more recombination and a more fluid genome. Bonus genes, so not needed, but they can offer some stuff like antibiotic resistance, Um, for example, with insulin. So you have F-plasmids and R-plasmids. So they kind of stand for, you know, the letter. So F-plasmid is for fertility. So they're the genes to make the sex pili. So through conjugation, um, it gives the F-plasmid. Um, so if the F-plasmid is part of the chromosome, the whole thing goes and crossing over can occur. R-plasmid stands for the resistance. So it makes the bacteria antibiotic resistant and may be resistant to multiple types. Transposons, so they move from plasmid to chromosomes and back. They can just move or they can copy and move. Insertion transposon includes information just to cut and move. So cut and paste or copy and paste. There's a complex transposon which includes other genes. So it's like a cut and paste or copy and paste again. Retrotransposons are... It makes an RNA copy of the DNA and uses the RNA to make another DNA copy that is then inserted somewhere else. So a copy and paste.
1: All right, so on to energy usage.
0: There are obligate aerobes
1: which need oxygen to survive and there are obligate anaerobes which only do uh, fermentation and will die in the presence of oxygen. There are also faculative anaerobes which can survive with or without oxygen. Uh, For colony formation, all of them are unicellular, but some do form colonies. And bacteria can specialize within the colony. Some with biofilms, uh, some surface coating colonies, and they can send out signals to recruit more cells. Uh, And these biofilms are actually formed onto our teeth, which is why we need to brush them to get rid of the biofilms. Now, how do bacteria cause diseases? They make toxins, and the toxins from the bacteria... um, are like for food poisoning and they give off gas when they digest things so you know if you see a puffed up can of food don't eat it because it's got bacteria in there um and liposaccharides uh are part of the cell which are toxic part of the cell wall now for viruses they cannot function outside of a host cell except to attach to another host cell they're not a living thing because they need a host to replicate and living things would need to have a genome that could replicate viruses have its genome but they cannot replicate so they're not living. Um, They can't do cellular respiration and they don't have cells so they can't make proteins on their own which is why they need a host.
0: Okay moving on to virus composition. So the genes, so there can be four to 200 genes. There are circular or linear nucleotides and double-stranded or single-stranded DNA and RNA. The capsid is a protein coat that may contain viral enzymes And animal viruses may have a membrane envelope, which is created from the host's membrane, but with viral glycoprotein sticking out. Viruses that infect humans have a genome, a capsid, and an envelope. For infection, it's specific for certain host cells, so it's tissue-specific. In animals, it binds to surface receptors on the host cell and triggers endocytosis. Viruses that infect bacteria, so phages, usually inject their genes into the cell after binding to a receptor, uses the host cells to copy its viral genes, so that would be DNA polymerase, helicase, etc. to copy, Um, or it uses RNA polymerase to make copies of the protein.
1: So, uh, more in-depth on phages, they infect bacteria and they temperate viruses. So, uh, an example of this would be through lytic phase, which is the virulent, which means the host cell dies quickly. So first of all, the virus would inject the DNA uh, and then the DNA would be used for protein synthesis. And sometimes even make enzymes that chop up the bacteria's DNA. And then there's replication of the virus's DNA. So more viruses assemble and it can burst or bleb the cell from the cell releasing new viruses to attach to other cells. There's also lysogenic phases, which is where the host doesn't die immediately, it lives for a while. And the virus, again, injects DNA, which gets incorporated into the host DNA. And the viral proteins are made so that it suppresses the other viral gene transcription. So it basically hides out in the host. And then the host replicates and uh, that viral DNA is being copied while it's replicating. And then radiation or stress can activate the virus and it exits the host chromosome and becomes lytic. And this has an evolutionary advantage because um, there can be more replications when the host cell is alive. So it's important to note that cellular stress causes the cells to go into lytic phase.
0: Okay, so DNA viruses of animal cells, one example is herpes that infects the nerve cells. Uh, There's active eruption and the stress causes them to replicate and form new viruses. RNA viruses of animal cells, so RNA viruses like COVID and HIV, need to be copied from mRNA to complementary RNA to become the genome. Retroviruses, they have reverse transcriptase, so the mRNA back to double-stranded DNA. The new DNA incorporates as a provirus, so it just doesn't pop out, and it uses host's RNA polymerase to make its proteins and to remake itself to be released. So why are viruses bad? So they may kill the cells by chopping up the host's DNA or proteins, or they release lysosomal enzymes. In bacteria, they may burst cells. They may cause the cells to make toxins, or the envelope proteins may be toxic themselves.
1: So for viral evolution, why are there new outcomes? Um, this is because mutations can change viral proteins. For example, RNA viruses can mutate faster since they aren't copied by DNA polymerase, so there's no need for proofreading. It can be through different hosts, and it can be because of travel and more integrated trade, as well as environmental changes on uh, onto viruses and cancer. They, uh, it can incorporate into host genome and get the cell to transcribe genes that cause cancer oncogenes, or turn on genes in host cells that cause cancer, which are proto-oncogenes. Um, HPV is cervical cancer, and HTLV can cause leukemia. Uh, there's also viroids and prions, which mess with regulatory parts of the genes. These are proteins that are misshapen and hook onto cells and clump together. Mad cow disease and uh, women shaking after eating brains in Papua New Guinea are... Um, cited as things caused by viroids and prions. They prevent functioning of cells, but um, if you get it through eating, it doesn't logically make sense since it should be broken down into amino acids. Or if it was blocking degradation, the protein would be too big and would leave the body as poop. So it's kind of iffy on evidence, but viroids are circular pieces of RNA that are about 200 nucleotides and prions are proteins. So that's the difference.
0: In terms of DNA technology, the green glowing jellyfish example, so it was shocking that the protein was what was causing the glow because normally it'd be lipids coding for pigments. In situ hybridization, so it can tell if an embryo has a defective gene. Gene cloning, making multiple copies of a gene by putting it in a cell that will replicate it and pass it on to its offspring. Although you can make a lot of copies of a gene in a test tube, it will actually produce the protein if it's in a cell. To clone a gene, you need restriction enzymes, a vector, and a host cell. For restriction enzymes, they're naturally used by bacteria to digest foreign DNA that has specific enzymes that cut at specific sites. They don't cut up their own DNA because they methylate their own DNA to protect itself from the enzymes. They cut at palindromic sequences, which means sequences that are the same forward and back um, and sticky ends. So they're done in the test tube, not bacteria doing it, and the gene splicing for genetic engineering.
1: All right. So on cloning vectors, that is something that carries the gene, so it gets copied and phages. can be used as this because as the phage replicates inside the bacteria, so does the added gene and it spreads to other bacteria. You can use bacteria, which plasmids as bacteria reproduce. Uh, this results in clones of the gene within the colony. Bacteria are, are also the easiest to use, but you can use retroviruses, which have advantages that they can incorporate into the host chromosome in animal cells. You can use animal cells. Uh, like yeast, artificial chromosomes, YACs, as fake chromosomes containing quote-unquote fake chromosomes containing foreign DNA with the ability to replicate and undergo mitosis. You can use yeast, which holds the most DNA, or you can use bacterial artificial chromosomes, which is a fake bacteria chromosome. And for the host cell, you can use animal cells, plant cells, yeast cells, or bacteria the bacteria are the easiest to use because it's difficult to put DNA into eukaryotic cells.
0: Okay, so for the advantages of plasmids as vectors, so they replicate really quickly, they have an origin of replication, so it's copied and passed down to the daughter cells. It does not need to enter the genome to be copied. It's easy to put the DNA into plasmids, and it's easy to put plasmids into bacteria. And you can incorporate selection factors to make it easy to find bacteria containing the gene of interest. Making recombinant DNA, so you cut out the gene of interest and put it in a vector, digest the plasmid and DNA of interest with the same restriction enzyme, so now we have compatible sticky ends. Then you need some plasmids um, that will close up without the gene and some plasmids will get the gene inserted Um, and just one last note to remember is that plasmids are circular dna all right so on to transforming bacteria
1: so to do this you need competent cells you need positive ions to make the cell membranes permeable to dna and you can use electroporation or heat shock to do this and the positive ions cause the membrane to spread apart so the plasmid can get in Most plasmids don't actually have the gene of interest, and most bacteria don't get the plasmids. so not a very high success rate. To select cells that have the gene of interest, to make your experiment better, you need to know if the gene is inserted into the plasmid and if the plasmid is inserted into the cell. uh, To see if the colony has the plasmid and to see if the plasmid is containing colonies that have the plasmids with the gene of interest, you use restriction enzymes in the middle of a colored gene. So if if inserted, the colonies will be white without the color.